0: I've got the victory living inside of me. I got the greater one. I can't overcome. This ain't no time to turn back. No place to grow slack. I gotta keep resting on till every battle is won. Good morning, class. Good morning, ladies. Hi, I'm Keith Moore. And we welcome you to faith school. Faith school is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. That's God's will for you to win and win and then win some more. And then when you're through with winning, win again. (laughs) Right? Well, the scripture said he always causes us to triumph. Failure And defeat and destruction is not the plan of God. I know some people will tell you that, but uh, have them show you in the scriptures where that's at. (laughs) No, you won't see it. You will find that it's his will. And that doesn't mean that you'll never be uh, challenged or attacked or that you won't have to stand. But God's will is that you overcome it. That when the dust settles, you're standing there with the victory. That's the will of God. Every time, even if we haven't fought, even if we've given up in the past and quit and didn't see it, it was the will of God then, even if we didn't experience it, it's still the will of God today. So get your uh, victory Bible and something to make some victory notes with and bring your victory cell phone into the victory desk we have for you right here. (laughs) And let's uh, start acting like the victorious ones. That we are. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much. How gracious you are to us, how good you have been to us. Uh, give us this day our daily bread, spiritual bread, uh, fresh manna from heaven that answers our questions, that s- supplies us the, the Spirit and what we need. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look, please, in Luke, the eighth chapter today. Let's continue uh, in looking at the healing of the woman with the issue of blood. We've been on this for weeks now, and we're, we're nearing the completion of it. We're, we're at the end of it here. But let's see uh, the, the, the last verses uh, that we haven't examined so closely, what uh, the Lord was saying to us from these. Verse 43, Luke 8, 43 says, A woman having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood stanched or stopped. Let me read this to you from the, uh, the complete Jewish Bible, the CJB. It says, at, verse 42, As he went, the crowds on every side virtually choking him, a woman who had had an hemorrhage, for twelve years, and could not be healed by anyone, came up behind him and touched the, the tizit, uh that's a word for fringe or tassel, on his robe, instantly her hemorrhaging stopped." Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. If you'd have been her, you'd have said hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> uh, Yeshua, which is the, the more accurate name actually for Jesus, Uh, said, Who touched me? And when they all denied it, Kepha said, that's that's Peter, Rabbi, the crowds are hemming you in and jostling you. But Yeshua said, Someone did touch me, because I felt power go out of me. Seeing she could not escape notice, the woman quaking with fear, threw herself down before him and confessed in front of everyone why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And he said to her, my daughter, your trust has saved you. Go in peace. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful? Can you see why we should take the time and read Matthew's account and Mark's account and Luke's account? Because every word is so rich with revelation and you get such uh, different things are emphasized by different ones. And some people that have been ignorant of the scriptures, they say, well, see, they disagree, you know, because he said this and he didn't say. No, they don't disagree. One is adding something the other didn't say. It's all complementary if you got eyes to see because uh, you know you'll see what you look for. If you look for a problem, you'll find a problem. Even if it's not there, <laughs> you'll create one. <laughs> but seeking you'll find look for life and answers and richness and healing and faith, you'll find that. I said you'll find that. Next thing you know, you'll have a testimony like she has a testimony. But in the in the latter parts of this, we've studied the first parts of this. but uh, verse 47, It says that uh, when she saw that she could not be hid. And if you read the other accounts, it talks about when all denied. Everybody that he looked around and maybe even her too. When, you know, she stopped trying to get away because Jesus stopped. I mean, everything stopped. The music stopped. Everything stopped. And the Lord is saying, who touched me? And of course, everybody in the crowd going, what's going on? You know, and they can't move. And, and, and now after too long, the disciples thought they had to speak up and, and help the Lord understand what's going on here. They said, Lord, what do you mean somebody touched? Of course somebody touched. I don't know 50 people touched me in the last 100 yards. What do you mean? He said, I said, somebody touched me. Now, who was it? Who was it? So he's looking around in the crowd. And the scripture said they all denied. Everywhere he looked, people went, I know, it wasn't me. I know. No, it wasn't me. But he wouldn't move. You know, there's a real lesson here. When you know something in your spirit, don't let people talk you out of it. Don't let people tell you, you don't know what you know. (laughs) Don't let people tell you, you didn't experience what you know you experienced. Right? Right? Jesus knew what he knew, and nobody else uh, is agreeing, there's there's another person that knows what happened, (laughs) right, the woman, but everybody else is like, what's he doing, I mean this is getting uncomfortable, (laughs) just you know when you're waiting and nobody's responding, you're like, so, so then they're looking around, yeah, who did it, and then they're thinking, Everybody did it. What's going on here? He said, no, I said, who touched me? Who touched me? Somebody touched me. And finally, it's the woman saw he's not going to let this go. She thought maybe she'd just be quiet a little while and just play it cool and nobody would know. These things are real. They're not imaginary. Right? Right. And so Jesus is not going to let it go. He wants to know. He knows. How many believe Jesus knows the anointing? (laughs) Are you kidding? He knows the anointing. He knows the anointing left him and ministered to somebody for something. And we've talked about this earlier, and I know a lot of people have a problem with it, but uh, did Jesus really need to ask that question? And the answer is yes, because he's functioning as a man. And I don't have time to get into it today, but in previous classes, we've gone into it in detail. But when she saw she couldn't be healed, she came uh, trembling and falling down before him. The, The NCV says, when she saw she couldn't hide, she came forward shaking and fell down before Jesus. While all the people listened, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Mark 5 says she gave him a true account of everything. The CEV says she told him the whole story. So this took several minutes. And why is this in here? Because when you've heard about Jesus and you got faith, and when you believed it and you said it in your heart, and you reached out and you touched and you received, and the power of God has done what no man can do. Is that the end? No. You need to testify. Is that right? You need to tell somebody. Why? So they can hear. So they can believe. So they can say it and do it and receive it too. Is that right? And so You and I need to be on the watch all the time because the scripture said in Acts 1, you'll receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be what? Witnesses. You will be witnesses. Well, a witness is somebody that has personal experience of the issue, of the event. I mean, in a court of law, Hearsay is not admissible. It's got to be, were you there? Did you see it? Did you hear it? Did you experience it? Well, she was there when the power healed her. Right? (laughs) She knows what she... She's an eyewitness. She is first-hand experience. And you and I are the same way. When the Lord has done something for us, we need to be uh, on the watch. And there are times when we don't need to let anything intimidate us. We need to take a moment... Are several and go into some detail are y'all with me yes. about how bad it was and how we couldn't fix it and nobody could fix it and nobody had an no human we knew had an answer but yes. hallelujah we heard a word from the Lord we saw what to do and he by his grace and his goodness and faithfulness did a work in our lives and has fixed it for us and changed it for us and delivered us or healed us or met our needs. Right? How many understand? It's right. In fact, it's a spiritual responsibility to take the time. And she took the time and went all the way back 12 years prior, prior and told him all the truth and laid it out in detail. And you see not long after this, all kind of people wanting to touch the hem of his garment. Why? Well, they probably heard it here or uh, somebody heard it that told them that told somebody. Can you see that? But the story about this woman with the issue of blood getting healed became something that the Lord used. Now, there's other times we'll see he told people, don't tell it. Go home. Don't say anything to anybody here about that. And so you need to do what he said. But then there are other times, remember one time he told the man, Madman of Gadara, he said, uh, uh, You go back to your people and tell them what great things God has done for you, and that come back. So he's got a charge to go tell this to everybody in his hometown. So there are, there are opportunities for us to take the time, and if you rush too quickly, uh, you leave out important parts. Uh, maybe you know you, you didn't see this for the first six months and then the Lord showed you this and, and maybe something took you three years to get a hold of uh, I mean sh- this is twelve years right and, and you don't want to just say make it sound like uh, yeah I got up one morning and I thought I ain't putting them with this I'm going to just believe God and I kicked the devil in the face and whoo I got it <laughs> 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 and that's not what happened that's not what happened and make them think, well, uh, I tried to kick the devil this morning and I still got the problem and I don't know what's wrong. The devil says, because you don't have any faith and you don't know what you're doing. And they're like, I guess not. And It doesn't help. You don't want people just impressed with what happened with you. You want them inspired that the same thing that you got, they can get are greater. And that's why at times you need to take time. You need to back up and take them on the journey. Hmm? Your testimony is a description of your journey. How the Lord got you from ignorance to some knowledge. Is that right? How he got you from weakness and despair to some confidence and some strength. From darkness to some revelation. From sickness to health. Right? From poverty to abundance. Right? Take some time. Take some time. And that's what she did. Several minutes apparently. And did that. She told him the whole story. uh, The the true account of everything. And he said to her. He said daughter be of good comfort. Verse 48. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Look with me in in Mark's account. Go back to Mark 5. And and notice this. Because he uses a word there. That's a little different. In Mark 5. Verse 33, the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, Mark 5, 33, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Did you hear that last word? Plague. Plague. Go in peace. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Notice, Jesus never said anything like I'm about to say here. He didn't say this was a blessing in disguise, you being sick with this for these 12 years. And I know it was hard on you, but God was teaching you some things and and you're better for it. No, that's men's. Goofy ideas. Hmm. Are y'all with me? I know I just described a bunch of preaching. But I'm telling you it's wrong. God doesn't use evil things to, to develop you in godliness. God doesn't have to use the works of the enemy to help you grow up. Are y'all with me now? Now, there's plenty of stuff here to have to deal with and overcome but uh, if if Jesus redeemed you from the curse of the law, how's he using the curse to teach you and train you? Well, that means Jesus bore it in vain if the Father's using it to train you. Can you see there's all kinds of problems with this? Did he redeem you or not? Did he, did he take it or not? And, and this word plague... Is, is also translated scourge. Scourge. In Acts twenty two twenty four. 24, there's, there's one place uh, that when they were going to take Paul and, and, and examine him by scourging, which is the same thing they did with Jesus at the whipping post. Scourging. Why, why would that be there? Isaiah 53, go there and you, you'll see this. This is such a, a clear passage of this. Isaiah 53 and verse 3. the uh, Isaiah the prophet is seeing by the Spirit. And he's seeing far into the future. And he sees uh, the Messiah, the Christ. He sees Jesus not in the flesh. He sees him in spirit. He sees what happened with Jesus in the spirit. Things you couldn't see if you'd have been standing out there by the cross. 53 Isaiah and 3 talking about Jesus. He's despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. I like the King James, but on this particular verse, that's not a precise translation. These same words, griefs and sorrows, are in other places, numerous other places, in the same King James Bible, translated pain and sickness. Same word. But here, grief and sorrow. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded. Did you you hear that? We'll back up verse 4. We esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, afflicted. Everybody say stricken. Stricken. Smitten. Smitten. What does that mean? That means struck. Let me back up a little bit. The word plague, when Jesus said, go and be, be free of your plague, that's the same word as being scourged or struck Interesting, don't you think? Be be free of having been smitten and stricken. This thing that had happened of her for these 12 years, was it a blessing? Was it a blessing in disguise? No, no. She was struck. She was smitten. She was stricken. It hurt her. It brought her down. It robbed her. It stripped her of her joy, of her dignity, of her freedom to go and do what she wanted to do. It was a plague. Can you see that? Disease is actually called evil. In numerous places in the Bible, everybody say evil. Disease is called evil. You know, in Deuteronomy 7, the scripture talks about that, that uh, if you'd serve the Lord and you'd obey him, that none of the evil diseases that came on Egypt would come on you. In Isaiah 41, excuse me, Psalm 41, uh, the psalmist was saying that his enemy said, An evil disease uh, cleaves fast to him. When the Bible said God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about doing good and healing all who were what? Oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Here the spirit of God calls all the sick people that Jesus ministered to satanically oppressed. Did you hear that or not? Yes. Sickness is disease is not a blessing from God. No. Not a blessing in disguise. It is a curse. Yes. And to be diseased like this woman was, to be sick like this woman was is to be struck to be smitten, to be uh, plagued. Why does that matter so much to us? Keep reading. You you, you know why it does. You're already reading. We esteemed him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. All of those words, uh, stricken, smitten, uh, wounded, bruised, uh, all of that... uh, describes being beaten, right? Being whipped or beaten and struck, which is the same Greek word translated plague. <laughs> Can you see that? So to be diseased, to be uh, to be diseased and to have sickness uh, governing and, and ruling your life is to be, spiritually beaten, spiritually smitten, stricken. And why was Jesus taken to the scourging post? Why? You don't have to do that to go to the cross, right? Why, why did he allow that? Because he said, no man takes my life from me. I lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. Why did he and the Father allow that to happen? Because we're told from history that a lot of people died from the scourging alone. Just being tied to the whipping post and scourged like they did it, you you could die from that alone. And that left marks and bruises and stripes on his back. And why did that happen? What are we told about that? Oh, come on, are you looking? Are you looking? He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes or by his bruises, one says, we are healed. He was beaten so I wouldn't have to be. Hallelujah. He was beaten so I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. Go with me to Acts 22. Acts 22. You see such a revelation. How many know there are no unnecessary stories in the Bible? None. The Bible said that when Paul uh, was taken by the authorities because the Jews were trying to kill him, uh, they, they swept in and, and got him when verse 23 of Acts 22 they were crying out and throwing their clothes in the air. The chief captain commanded them to bring Paul into the castle and bade that he should be examined by what? Scourging. And this is similar to what happened to Jesus. And so they bound him with thongs and Paul said to the centurion that stood by, is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? When the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, his uh, superior, He said, watch out what you're doing. This man's a Roman. The chief captain came and said, tell me, are you a Roman? But you know, he's glad to say, yeah. Cause he's tied to the post. <laughs> he's, are you a Roman? Uh-huh. Yes. Yes, I am. And the chief captain said, with a great sum obtained I, this freedom cost me a lot of money. Paul said, yeah, but I was free born. I was born into this. What? He, he said, do you have a right to beat me? I'm a Roman and uncondemned. Why is this in the Bible? Why is this in here? You read that same Isaiah 53. It said Jesus, when all those things happened to him, he was led to the scourging. He was led to the the, the cross. He opened not his mouth. Why? Why? Because if he had, he could have been delivered just like that. He could have called on legions of angels. But if he had, we wouldn't be delivered. We wouldn't be redeemed. Why didn't he open his mouth? So we could. I said, so we could. So here, when Paul's about to be beaten, he didn't just sit there and say, well, I just take it. It must be the will of God. He said, no, no. Hey, I got rights. I'm uncondemned. Do you have a right to beat me? And they said, well, no, actually no. And so he said, after they heard that, the chief captain said, untie that guy. And they untied him and got away from him. Sorry, Mr. Paul. Sorry, we didn't know. What a difference between having the life almost beat out of you and not even having a lick struck to your back. How about this? The plague, the stricken, this woman was stricken. She was afflicted for years, but a touch of faith received the power of God, and she was healed from that scourging, plague, stricken, smitten, curse. Have we been redeemed from the curse of the law? Somebody say, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. 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 I no longer longer deserve deserve any punishment. punishment. Jesus Jesus took it for me. Hallelujah. Now time's up today. Come back with us next time. We're going to get into more and more faith for healing. And we are running disease out of the house. Can you say amen? We'll see you next time. I've sure enjoyed being with you again this week. I believe we're making progress. We're coming up. We talked about how that Jesus took those beatings and by his stripes were healed. Well, the scripture also says... In uh, 2 Corinthians 8-9, that though he was so rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that we, through his poverty, might be rich. I mean, he allowed them. They even took his clothes uh, at the end there. He was born in in a manger. He experienced uh, those things on our behalf. And we are not supposed to go through life without our needs met. I want you to say it out loud. I've been redeemed from all poverty and lack. God is the God of abundance, and you don't need to accept that you're going to experience lack throughout your life, but that no matter what you need, say it with me now, my God shall supply all my needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We have been redeemed from sin, from hell, from sickness, and from poverty as well. Uh, Those that believe it experience uh, abundance. They experience how God can provide. Well, come back with us next week. We're going to get into some more good things about Faith for Healing. We'll see you soon right here in Faith School. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today.